You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. All right, thank you, Colleen, for that. And uh, let's get our Bibles out. We're going to go back to the book of... uh, Corinthians, but not 1 Corinthians. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We would, last week we finished up 1 Corinthians 7, and we would have been in 1 Corinthians 8 tonight, but I want to go to 2 Corinthians 8. I don't know if that rings a bell to anybody, what's in 2 Corinthians 8, but you've been in this church long enough that if you let your mind wander a little bit, you can figure out what's in chapter 8. Tremendous chapter. It's an exciting chapter to me. And uh, we're going to read down through the first eight verses. So before we read that, though, uh, if you could just um, pause with me here for just a minute. So I probably in my lifetime have seen this a hundred times, and I, I, it may not even be close to being near enough what I've seen, but <clears throat> do you know that there's like 4,000 different things that if you take that product, you can look like Mr. Atlas in two months, you just, your, your belly fat will disappear, your, you, you'll get your tone back, you'll have energy like you haven't had in years. If you'll take our product, and here's what they like to do. They like the, you know, the ads or the commercials, they'll put, you know, this guy standing here and they have him turn sideways, and I'm telling you, you'd have to pay me a lot of money to stand and pooch my belly out like that on purpose. I do my best try not to show that, but it shows. But that guy will pooch his belly out, and he don't care who in the world sees that. And then the next time you see it, he's sucking that gut in as strong as he can. He's got this look on his face like a prune because he's sucking in as hard as he can. And he's got to demonstrate the product, and he's making pretty good money to embarrass himself this way. And uh, women do the same thing. And I, I'm like, okay... So here's what you need to know, though. The, the ad is not about the people standing there. You understand that? The ad's really about what? The product that they're trying to get you to buy that will absolutely change your life forever. Yeah. And they don't show the picture of those people one year later. Typically, they don't. Every now and then, they do. Because one year later, they stood sideways. They had to have twice the belly. <laughs> made their money and now they can afford more snickers and all those things says typically doesn't work <clears throat> here's what i found out if you'll work the product the product will work for you i i find that out um how long have you heard that i'm on a uh trim healthy mama has anybody ever heard me say those words from this pulpit i'm not turning sideways <clears throat> here's what I know about Trim Healthy Mama. If you work that, it works. But I give myself the weekends. It's the problem, and my weekends sometimes get extended. Um, and that's, that's the problem with my Trim Healthy Mama. The product is good. I mean, they, they don't have necessarily a product. They have, a, <clears throat> I guess, a lesson book and things that you're supposed to follow, and I could pa- call that the product. So uh, really, the bottom line is, if they can stand somebody up in front of you and show you some tremendous results, my goodness, then you'll want our product. Why, you'd be a fool not to, uh, not to want our product. <clears throat> now, 
That's the world. But I want to tell you something. The world took their methods from uh, the book. I, I really believe that. Whatever works, if it works, it came from a principle that comes out of, out of the Word of God. <clears throat> now, they will pervert the principle and they will add the world's concept to it and, and colors that God would never add to it. You understand that, but if a principle works, then it's out of the Word of God. It just is. So, here's the deal. God says, I have a product I want to show you. And I'm, I'm hoping you're listening. I hope you let this sink in here tonight. God says, I have a product. And I'm going to <clears throat> I'm going to stand some people up in front of you tonight, he says. And I want to show you what they look like by getting this product into them. How amazing it has changed their life. Now, and, and I hope you'll get this. I hope you'll understand that uh, obviously it's not a physical product on a shelf that you go get off of some store's shelf. It comes out of the Word of God. But if I can get this working in my life, then what God tries to show me here tonight in chapter 8 just becomes so vividly working in me and in our church. We have um, Missions Emphasis Sunday coming up, and I have quite a few times over the years used this chapter before we got into the missions conference. Typically it's on a Sunday before uh, I'll preach this, and then the following Wednesday we start the missions conference being we started on Sunday, I'm preaching it here on Wednesday night. Watch how God does this. I love the way God does this. <clears throat> so he presents the product, and then the people that demonstrate the product are in here just, just as well, just the only the way God could do it. Now, look in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, here we go. We do you to wit or to know about of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. There you have the product and the people all in one sentence. And the rest of the chapter really shows you the qualities of it and what it can do to change your life in a, in a valuable, very valuable way. So <clears throat> the product is the grace of God. And the way he demonstrates it is to bring people uh, and stand them up in front of us and show us how it has changed them in unbelievable ways, causes them to act in ways that normal Christianity does not act. And it's, it's unbelievable what it can do for me and you if we'll let that grace of God work in, in our lives. So let's start again. Moreover, brethren, <clears throat> we do you to wit. It's, it's one of the greatest desires on our heart that you would know about this grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that... Uh, now, by the way, how many of you have got a product that's tucked away in the back of a cupboard that it's about a third of the way gone or maybe less and and it's, you've stopped using that <clears throat> it's one thing to get the product it's another one to use it you understand that and this grace was bestowed on the churches of macedonia and it got into them every last drop is at work in these people's lives so um yeah second corinthians 8 there judy i know you just got in late so um look in verse 2 and here's, here's how it worked in them. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. <clears throat> and let me just, I think what I'll do tonight, I thought I'd read all 15 verses that I want to cover tonight and then go back. But really, uh, they so speak for themselves and, and they kind of build on themselves and I don't think I will uh, 
uh, lose you if we can do it this way tonight. So I, I have, I've already stated um, how the grace of God, thats if you want to call it the product, I'm not trying to cheapen the Word of God in the least. I'm just trying to give it its primacy that it really does have over everything else in this world. And then um, about uh, the condition of the people before or what they were in the midst of when this grace, or you want to call it a product, uh, was given to them. And uh, so typically what I would do uh, is read the passage and then have prayer. And since I'm not going to do that, let me just pray and then we'll walk through these verses. So God, I do pray that you'll open our hearts and our minds tonight. And I know it's Wednesday night and even myself, I'm tired shoveling and doing a lot of different things today, but my heart has a sincere desire for this word. And I'm asking that you would help me, God, to, to be able to demonstrate what you are trying to say to us here tonight. Please open our hearts, God, and with maybe some other tired people here tonight, help us to grasp what really is here, and may we benefit from it, not be distracted, but be able to draw from your word, and I'm just going to thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. So the grace of God came to these churches of Macedonia. Uh, These are churches that were scattered throughout Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea, possibly some other areas, and so this grace of God was bestowed upon these churches, and he says, Let me show you what these guys looked like before God's grace came and what it did for them, even though, so so you got a guy that wants to be a muscle builder, and I've seen these pictures too, guys that are real thin and skinny, uh, their bicep hangs down here at the bottom and sways, and uh, and then you you take this product and uh, they, they, you know, do all this workout when they apply this product to their life, how it changed them, and, you know, their physique is so much different. And, and again, not trying to cheapen the Word of God, but if I could take that kind of an idea, when you apply the grace of God, God's showing us what these guys look like. Look at what they were in the middle of in verse 2. They were in a great trial of affliction. And in the midst of that, the abundance, read it with me there in verse 2, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. There's so many oxymorons in today's world in that one verse. There's words in there that shouldn't go together. And if the world was writing a book or a novel to, you know, the proofreaders would probably look at verse 2 there, you're writing and say, you got words in there that don't go together. Liberality and poverty and being a, a trial of affliction and their great joy. No, those words shouldn't go together in the same sentence, but when you're dealing with God's work, you can do that. And what he's saying, that they were in a great trial of affliction. Times were really hard. And if you were living in Corinth, guys, and, uh, and, and in these areas of Macedonia where these guys were, uh, that's being written about, they were under persecution. If they found out you were a Christian, they didn't want you working in their workplace. You were an outcast, and you scraped just to stay alive. It was very, very hard for lots of Christians in that day. And uh, if I studied it out a little more, I'll give you a few more examples. Just know that it was a great trial of affliction. And if you're looking at, you know, their physical body, I mean, they're weaklings. And what they were going through, it was difficult, and it was hard. There wouldn't be a lot of people in the world that would probably say, man, I wish I was like that guy. I wish we could be like that family. 
Because that was not the kind of family you'd want to be a part of if you're looking on the outside. Because it was really tough, and it was really hard, and it was really difficult. But we're not talking about the people, necessarily. We're talking about the product, the grace of God, and what it does for people when they are in dire straits. When life is really hard, when things are very difficult, and when the world would look at that person or that group of people and say, they're never going to amount to much, and if we're going to have to depend upon them to help raise up an offering, uh, uh, we're, we're going to be in tough shape. Which, by the way, this is what's being talked about. The saints at Jerusalem at this time were in the midst of a famine. Uh, times were very, very difficult in Jerusalem. And when these churches of Macedonia found out about it, they're like, hey, Let's see what we can do about this and try to, try to be a help. Now, if you're on the outside looking in, and you heard those people that were in a great trial of affliction, <clears throat> I mean, life was hard and difficult. Let's see, what else does it say about them? They were in deep poverty. Is anybody here that would say, I know what deep poverty is, is all about? I think all of us would try to raise our hand. But in America, I doubt if any of us know what deep poverty really, really is. Because uh, you could walk around any corner and... and walk away with a bag full of groceries pretty much downtown in many places but these guys were in deep poverty it was very very hard my idea is to get a meal was just like gold to them and if there was anything extra at all it was like god you're so good to have a little bit on the shelf for the next meal and god says i came to these people with grace and i applied my product to this kind of people And it's just amazing what happened to and through them. Um, So, again, it abounded unto the riches of their liberality. I don't know how much they gave. The Bible doesn't tell us that. But God said, from the Word of God, God said it was riches and it was liberal. I don't know, guys. Maybe it was 29 cents. But when you don't have anything and you're hoping you can feed your kids the next meal... They had such grace working in them. When that, if you'll forgive me for using the word product again, but when that product got into them and God's grace was working in their lives and they sensed that Holy Spirit of God uh, working in them and giving them that spirit of liberality and, and a desire to want to be a help to poor people down in Jerusalem, that began to work in them. Listen, they stopped looking at their poverty and their affliction. They stopped. They got their eyes off of their poverty and their affliction, and God put somebody else in their heart and in their mind. God got somebody else's need in front of them. And so when they got interested in how they might be able to be a blessing and a help to others, and they got busy running around trying to find ways they could scrape a little bit of flour together here, maybe to sell it, or a little bit of life savings that we've had to maybe live next week on. I don't know how they did it, but I'm just guessing from the wording there, it was very hard that they got interested in trying to put something together to be a help to them, and they stopped thinking about their own affliction and their own poverty. I can honestly tell you this, the times when I wasn't serving God like I should be serving God, times when I, sh- when I wasn't serving people like I should have been serving people, hey, those were the times I saw my problems the worst. And those were the times I, I thought, man, I'm never going to get past, if I want to call it my poverty or if I want to call it affliction that I was in, my, my deep trouble 
When I focused on my problems and I stopped looking at other people's issues and I quit trying to figure out ways I could be a blessing to them, then I was one of the poorest, most afflicted people in the whole world. But when I got my eyes on somebody else and tried to be a help and a blessing, I may not have had much, but what I did have, I I tried to give. It would be amazing how God began to work in my life and be a blessing to and through me. That's what these people began to do. Look in verse 3. For to their power, which means with what they had, I bear record, yea, notice what else he says, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. What does that mean, beyond their power? All I can imagine is them going over to a cupboard and open the door, and there's just a little bit. That's what they had in their power. And so they scraped it out, and they went down to the creditor or whoever they could to sell that, and they looked around and said, is there anything else? Don't we have something else we could give? Man, I I know the need is great, and our heart just goes out to these people. God, isn't there anything else we could give? If you'll show us another way that we can be a blessing, God, we'll do that. To their power, what they had in their hand, and beyond their power, what they wished they could have done more. And I'll guarantee you, the first opportunity they had to get something else that they can be a blessing with they were going to be involved in that. I, over the years, I, I'd be curious how, much, how many love offerings, number one, how many love offerings we've taken at this church. Hundreds, <laughs> you've probably been involved in them. I'd love to know the figure. Maybe, I wouldn't, maybe that wouldn't be a good thing. That's been many, many, many thousands of dollars that our, our church has uh, been able to give to. And I have had some people say every now and then, Preacher, we might be taken up sometimes. And they were trying to be nice. They weren't being critical. They didn't have a bad spirit about them. But they have said things to me like, you know, the offerings have kind of been down and the general fund is kind of down. And, you know, when we keep taking love offerings for for the missionaries, people don't have enough money to put in the general fund. And they were being serious and trying to be kind and helpful and thought maybe that would be a nice thought. And I'm not talking about being irresponsible But I'm just going to say this, when you lose sight of giving to missions, that is when you're going to have real trouble with your general fund. Uh, When you kind of back off and say, well, I don't know, man, everything's a little tight. Maybe we should back off on the missionaries as well. Don't go there. And these, these folks knew and understood to their power and beyond their power, we wanted to give. So look in verse four, here's their, you can just hear their desire screaming praying us here's what they're doing to us praying begging us is another way of looking at that praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints would you please come and get our offering i I, we're waiting on somebody to come and get this we don't want it just sitting here we want it to get to those guys and try to be a blessing to them (laughs) i've had you guys come running up to me after we've had a missionary, and I had intended on just giving them a love offering through the, some funds that we have in the church here, and uh, almost every time, somebody will come up to me and say, Preacher, aren't we going to take a love offering? I wanted to give to that. And I, I love to hear that. And I tell them, well, we were, we're already giving them an offering. If you want to add to that, you sure can. Or if you want to see them afterwards and catch them, you sure can do that. I love that spirit. Aren't we going to take up an offering? Are we going to try to be a blessing? When the grace of God is applied to your heart, 
It's your desire. You, you can't wait to do that. Yvette and I were just talking about a young man probably 25 years ago, maybe 20, over at the old building that would, um, every now and then, he'd come through the church. He'd make sure he comes up. He's a sharp-looking young man, maybe 19 years old, but he had a really good job, and that's what he was doing, traveling like that. And His daddy was a preacher. He'd come up and shook my hand one day, and you know one of those handshakes, you kind of press it into your hand? And I felt something, and I looked down, and he says, I, he says, would you please take your wife out to eat with that? Well, I could take her out to eat a lot more than one time on that. I mean, we went to McDonald's about four times. <laughs> we actually went to a pretty good place. We were so excited, and I couldn't believe that young man did that. 20 years ago, a $50 bill was a big deal. Um, and, and I went back to him. I mean, he did that two or three times. Got to where I kept praying that he would come to church. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, he was a blessing to, to me and, and Yvette, and he would always say, please, preacher, I know what my mom and dad went through. Would you please take that? And I see that sincerity in his eyes, praying us with much entreaty. It was the oddest thing in the world. It was like three years after he stopped coming through, somebody else gave us the report that that young man was killed in a car accident and is in heaven with the Lord. And that, that's really... Uh, he's, he's with Christ today, and, and, I, and I know that, but that was a, a difficult ending to that story and grew to love that young man. He was always an encouragement to us. But it's so neat when your desire is to give. I'll tell you where that comes from. It comes from the product that God gives. It's from that spirit of grace that God will give to you where you have a desire to be helpful. It's not being irresponsible with your money. I've seen that happen too. <clears throat> you have to be responsible with your money. I understand that. You've got to pay your bills and on all, all of those things. But oh, to have a heart. God, is there, is there some other way that we could give to this offering? And I hope the grace of God works in your heart tonight as we work our way through the rest of these verses here. But as you get into Sunday... You won't be upset to hear the missionary uh, as they give their testimony again. Preacher, I've seen those testimonies. I've heard them tell those sad stories so many times, and I, and I know what's going to happen. Well, what's, gonna, what's there to be different? It's lost people that need to get saved. It's missionaries that are brokenhearted about these people, and they're showing you the people they want to try to reach, hoping we'll catch the same burden that they have and I, and I hope our heart is just full of grace and that we'll have a desire that we won't just stay where we're at in our giving, but we could even increase in this coming year. <clears throat> so, verse 5. I look in verse 5. And this they did. This is, boy, this is so good. Not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Well, let me say this, guys. Look up. Please look up and listen. Don't be distracted. When there's a project to be done, when there's something to be given for the Lord's sake, when there's a place where I can serve, give to, give my time, my talents, my treasure to, I'll tell you a way to keep you from being grumpy about it and like, ah, oh, is there one more work day? Or are they going to try to give a little bit more to this? I'm not even sure I'm sold on that project or if you don't want to have, you know, that kind of an attitude, make sure you give yourself to the Lord first. Because if you'll give yourself to God first, then giving yourself to others is just real easy after that. Giving to a project, giving to faith promise missions will not be a problem for you. Remember, guys, this about giving, remember that you start with your tithe. 
I can promise you this, uh, for as long as I'm still here, and I can guarantee you when Brother Jet comes here, his desire is do not give to Faith Promise Missions till you started tithing. You start with your tithe. You, you, you rob God in tithes and offerings. And so uh, I'll challenge you tonight, if you haven't been given your tithe, number one, you are robbing God. You're, you're taking away from the God the things that rightfully belong to Him. Now, He owns the gold under a million hills on this earth. He owns it all. He doesn't need your money, but you need to be willing to give that so God can bless you. Start with your tithe. Maybe the best thing you could do is if you're not tithing, start tithing. If you're tithing and you haven't been given to the missions program, it's the heartbeat of God. Do you understand Calvary was a missions trip from God? It's what it was. And Jesus Christ was the man on the mission trip. Made it possible for you and me. And so if we lose sight of giving to missions, really, you've really lost sight of why we're here. The outreach that we're supposed to have. So they gave themselves to the Lord. It's not a problem. Their heart was tender to it. Once you've given your heart to God, it's like there's a platform to place grace on. And once my heart has been cleared off from the things of this world, and I'm not looking at everything else all around me, my poverty and my afflictions, but I put my eyes on God and I give myself to God, there's a place in my heart for grace. And God just fills us with that grace of God. <clears throat> we'll, we'll pray here a, after a bit. We'll ask God to <clears throat> bless in a lot of different things. But the one thing I would ask you to do tonight is to really consider if uh, you have given your heart to the Lord in these areas and ask him, God, am I holding back on you? Is there something that I'm, I'm, I'm let's just be honest, I've been selfish about and I don't want to let go of some things in my life. And I know if I give you first place, you're probably going to ask me to let go of this or that. God, help us to put him first and uh, to lay our lives down before God and let God's grace flow through us and see what can happen in the heart of a Christian that's given to the Lord. So, verse 5 again, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus, <clears throat> that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also, and so Titus was a helper uh, for them to get the offering taken and delivered. Verse 7, Therefore, as ye abound in everything. Now notice how they get this compliment. <clears throat> as they abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge. I mean, they, strong faith, utterance. They were, weren't afraid to speak the Word of God. They had knowledge about the Word of God. And they were diligent about it and faithful to spread the Word out there. Uh, and also, in your love to us, he says, let's tack one more on here, guys, and don't miss this. See that you abound in this grace also. Can we add one more to that list? Can we, can we cap it off with what the grace of God can do in your life when you give to others that are in such a dire need? Even when you're broken and you don't know where it's going to come from, will you let the grace of God flow through you? See that you abound in this grace also. Well, preacher, I'm already involved in so much, and we give to so many other projects. We even give to things outside of the church and things we hear about. We just try to be very benevolent. See that ye abound in this grace also. That's what God is saying. You say, well, that's Paul talking to the Corinthians, but it's the Holy Spirit of God working through Paul to talk to you and me tonight. And God is saying, I want that grace to abound in you as well. Let's just put it down in terms that we talk like. 
I want you to be involved in the missions program. I want you to know what it's like to be very involved in, in supporting missions worldwide and, and maybe given a little bit more this coming year. Listen to the heartbeat of these missionaries that are coming and let God's Spirit bring that conviction to you as well. So, see that ye abound in this grace also. Verse 8, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others. I'm not commanding you guys to do this. I'm just standing up these people's example in front of you uh, <clears throat> to try to pro- prompt you to see what can be done when somebody has a heart full of the grace of God. Um, verse 9, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're, we're toward the end of the sermon here tonight. Please hear this verse. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich... Yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And what does he tell us in the, in the, in the book of First uh, Peter 2? That I've left you an example that you should follow his steps. Well, I'm afraid of it. Just keep giving all my money away. I'm not going to have anything. Prove that in the word of God. <laughs> Take a Bible verse and prove that. I can show you Bible verses that prove it otherwise. Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that you meet with all, the same shall be measured to you again. You're not going to outgive God. God's going to give you abundantly back what you give to Him. So, Jesus Christ had the riches of heaven and was willing to lay aside all the glory of God in heaven and come down here and take upon him human flesh and become very poor, poverty-stricken in some ways, honestly. Didn't have a place to lay his head at night. Didn't have a place to call his home. Uh, and yet he became poor that we might become rich in the Lord. Don't stay poor in this world. You may have a lot of possessions, but you're poor in spirit. You may have a lot of things that are at home in your house and you feel like, you know, man, God has really blessed us, but you may be very, very poor in your liberality and stingy and, and, and afraid that if I really opened up and became liberal, <clears throat> like these guys were liberal, man, I, I really lose all the stuff I've spent all my life trying to save for and, and, and to, to, uh, to have and hang, hang on to. But you're talking opposite of the Word of God, and I'm just telling you tonight, when Christians learn that God blesses those who know how to give because the Father gave His Son for us, He sees other people on this earth giving to help others know about that Son, God's going to bless you. God's going to bless the church that is a missions-minded church. God will bless the person sitting in this church tonight who will decide tonight that I'm, if I've not been involved, number one, if I've not been giving my tithes, you're robbing God, that you need to start giving, I'm going to start giving my tithes to God. Or God says to you tonight, you've been giving your tithes, but you've not been given to a missions program very well, and you know that. And for whatever reason, you're holding back on that. And the truth be known, you'd much rather... Uh, these first nine verses of this chapter just be torn out because you don't want them to apply to you. But God's spoken to your heart tonight about getting involved in missions. Maybe giving some things up. Maybe laying some things aside in your life that are precious to you, but are so invaluable to God so that you could get involved in a missions program. Thirdly, maybe you're here tonight and you tithe regularly and you've been given regularly to a missions program. 
is that where God would have you stay this coming year? I would just ask you to really consider that. And tonight, I'm, I'm gonna, I was going to read down to verse 15, and I would challenge you just to read the rest of the chapter tonight, uh, maybe as you go to bed or as a source of devotion in the morning. Great chapter. And I, I would ask you to read it again in light of what God's saying here. But when we go to the Lord in prayer tonight, what I would want to ask you to do is, number one, would you, would you willingly give yourself to the Lord tonight and just say, God, here's my life. Here's, here's everything I, I own and my, that I possess. I lay it at an altar here tonight, God, whether you're at an altar or in the pew. I, I'm giving you all that I have, and I, I lay my life out before God. I willingly give myself to you. Can I know what that product would look like working in me? I want to know what the grace of God would look like when I give myself to the Lord. Wouldn't that be neat if a whole church decided to do that? And then watch an entire congregation begin to give and to do as God would lead them to do. We've given a lot of money down through the years as a church. But is that where we want to stop? Do we want to keep it where it was or we want to take a step up? And I pray that we'd be willing to take a step up and let the Lord lead us in those things tonight. All right? We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.